0: Welcome to the web podcast. Uh, The web podcast is where three friends come together to share our experiences and the tools and practices that we use to heal and grow. We look forward to spreading love uh, for ourselves, you and the rest of the world. My name is Aaron and I am ever more deeply in love with my home state of California and all its beauty and diversity.
1: Hello, my name is Claire Alexander, and I am grateful for the sunshine that is shining all day today. After many days of rain and 30 degrees, it was a really nice break.
2: Yay, Uh, I'm Annika, and once again, I have a fostering a chihuahua, She's going to need to be adopted from hopalong.org. This one's name is Tinker. Though I'm calling her um, Velma. She's real sweet. And also she's not the most quiet and she's up in my business. So there might be a little more like dog sounds on my end today.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Thank you both. Um, So uh, now for a quick overview of the structure of the podcast. We have three main sections, the circle, the seeker, and the gratitude section. Uh, The circle includes a grounding meditation, and each of us gives a one-word check-in to give you a sense of where at personally today to contextualize what we're talking about even more. Then the seeker segment is where we read and respond to a letter from one of you amazing listeners out there. We so appreciate those. And then uh, thirdly, we have the gratitude segment where we give a shout out to folks or um, concepts or groups that are doing amazing things in the world and working to heal the web, heal our interconnectedness with each other. Um, Also, before we go in, uh, just a little trigger warning. Uh, Sometimes uh, the things we talk about get intense. And if you're feeling triggered, please, please, please take care of yourself You know, stop the podcast, take a break, maybe skip this one. We always love you. And uh, if you need it, please find the support that's going to help you uh, move through that triggering uh, experience. Um, So that said, let's uh, move into the grounding. So uh, wherever you are, uh, take a moment to connect with your breath. Not judging, just noticing. Check in with your posture while maintaining that awareness of the breath. If it's safe to, go ahead and close your eyes. And just feel the thoughts, thoughts in your mind. Again, no judgment, just observation. And using your breath and the intent to relax and expand, kind of let your focus get wider, bigger. Notice the space between the thoughts, around the thoughts. this more expansive awareness, let your your focal point descend more towards your chest. The emotions, the feelings that underlie our thoughts. Perhaps something is more forward for you than the other ones. Happiness, sadness, fear, anger, whatever you're feeling. Again, no judgment, just noticing. here again with your breath, try to expand the awareness around your emotional sense. Feel the space around the emotions you're feeling. Feel the potential for all the other feelings that still exist and are likely coexisting with that dominant feeling right now. that awareness descend even deeper into the body, encompassing thoughts in the mind, the feelings of our heart, into the sensations of the body. What are you feeling right now? Warmth, cold, relaxation, tension. Again, no judgments, just observation. Using our breath, let's expand even further still to our connection with the earth below us, the air around us. Using your breath, allow your sense of self to dissolve into the infinite nature of your internal reality and the infinite nature of the external reality. With your next few breaths, let your attention come back. Focusing now on your heart. Your heartbeat. And when you're ready, if your eyes are closed, gently open them. And uh, we'll begin uh, this first portion of our circle segment. So first off, we'll do our one-word check-in. Um, again, my name's Aaron, and my one-word check-in is content.
2: Hmm, my
1: word for today is calm. It's a tough one for me today because a lot's been going on. I say my one-word check-in is human,
0: Awesome. Thank you uh, both for sharing your one-word check-ins. So today's topic is going to be on meditation. And uh, we feel like this is likely going to be a a multi-topic or multi-circle topic in and of itself. And really what we wanted to focus on today was kind of where to start, how to start, how we've started. Um, So just to send it off. Do either of you want to uh, share uh, just some initial thoughts around meditation?
2: Oh. (laughs) (laughs) So one thing that came to my mind when we were bringing up the topic of meditation was that they're starting like for the first time, and then they're starting every single time I meditate and that and it is there's a challenge every in every single start so that was just something that that popped up for me and yeah definitely the more regularly I practice you know over time it may ebb and flow but you know there's a habit forming thing that's You know, once the habit kicks in, the habit kicks in. Um, But that starting is, you know, there's always something else to do. And yeah, so that's what I have to kick off.
1: Thank
0: you. So agree with everything you just said. (laughs)
1: Yeah, big time. (laughs) Yeah, it's, um, it's a practice. And then there is like starting to practice. Like, there's having a habit, and then there's starting the habit. And I love that meditation is being talked about more, that it's being brought up in schools, that it's become a really popular topic. I do worry that it's being capitalized on in ways that are unhealthy and unproductive for some people because, like, it is sort of offered as this fix, and like, meditation's not a fix. It doesn't. Fix anything. It doesn't. It can improve your life. Absolutely, it can improve the quality of your life and the quality of your mental and emotional and physical states. May even say spiritual states. Um, but I'm really grateful that we're talking about it today and that we're going to be talking about how you know we cracked in and started our own personal journeys because it's everyone's different. It's there's so many doors of access. And I think the most popular one I've seen in all the different like blogs and books is very much like what we do on our grounding meditation is we always immediately take people to the breath. We really focus on air. We really focus on our breath and like feeling in our body. And I would say that that's the most common way right now that the world is offering people steps into meditation is to just sit and pay attention to your breath for as long as you can. Um, I will share my personal usage later because I'd love to hear, Aaron, how you feel about this topic of meditation and our discussion around it.
0: Yeah. Um. Thank you. I'm so with everything uh, that the two of you just said about. Um. You know, there's the starting, like, oh, what do I start? How do I start? And then there's the starting every time, and there, it does take doing. It does take you know, work on some level. And as much as, as you so eloquently put, Claire, like I feel like it definitely tends to lead toward a higher quality of life. It We can't, I don't think it's healthy to look at it as a fix per se, you know. Um, and I, I, I maybe would even go so far as to say that applies to kind of most of the things that we talk about on the show. Um, mm-hmm. Where, and it's not like, not that we shouldn't aim to improve ourselves or, or whatever, but uh, I think it, 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 for me, anyway, it points more toward the idea of the journey as opposed to the destination, you know, or like the process as opposed to the goal. Like it's, it's an ongoing thing and there's an ebb and a flow, like you said, Annika, And, um and that's part of the beauty of it really, you know, it's, and it, and it, you know when i try to think of like boiling down like what is meditation how do i put that in and for me if i were to like have have to have a one word definition or let's say a two word definition in this case it would be like a presence practice you know it's about being here now which we all are inherently of course right but so often we spend time thinking about the future or or uh, ruminating about the past or um, so on, and and even those can be meditations in and of themselves, too. so mm-hmm. it, it does it does the conversation gets paradoxical as we get into it. So I don't want to get too complicated. <laughs> the other thing I wanted to say, which I really appreciate about meditation as a concept, is that it really is something that seems to transcend the spiritual realm in that, like every spiritual tradition that I've come across and studied either like directly or just you know kind of partially or it, uh, has some sort of meditation in it and it's also something that is uh widely used by a secular kind of humanist uh community as well so it's it serves all of us r- regardless of where our center of gravity is in terms of uh, spirituality or um i don't want to say lack thereof but like uh you know Again, that atheist to spiritual
1: um, Yeah, the people who yeah. can agree that we have a consciousness, um, <laughs> but don't maybe want to talk about souls. Yes. Uh, and I will definitely <laughs> stop talking before we derail into that conversation. Um, I'd love to hear how you guys started y'all's practices, because we talked about how we all have our own at this point, and... Since this is a sort of one hundred and one kind of conversation, like where did it begin for y'all? Um, what was your first flirtation with meditation? Oh, <laughs> make it sound <laughs> Um <laughs> It is
2: sesy Yeah, <laughs> it sure can be. Um, I guess I'll I'll kick off. I I started as a pretty young like. I don't know, probably around like middle school, like I grew up in an extremely uh like fundamentalist, Christian, heavy duty environment where there was like Bible everywhere all the time. like it was kind of the only social outlet I had was like you know, stuff related to the church and the Bible. Um, and so I made the best of it as one does. Uh, And one of the things we did over, you know, starting pretty young, you know, in the, whatever the youth group of my church was, I guess it's sacred text meditation. Uh, So reading passages and then taking just a few words, like a short phrase and picking out a short phrase and sitting in silent meditation and, and just, like kind of a mantra, like meditating on, on the passage. And yeah, and it was, you know, there's, there's some, when you look at little tiny five word chunks, like the Bible has a lot of pretty great ones. So it's like, you can, you know, I'd think about love your neighbor as yourself. And when you spend an hour, like really breaking down what that means, it's like, Oh, that means you got to love yourself. So, yeah, so I, I I grew up being familiar with the concept of sitting and, you know, clearing my mind, focusing my mind that didn't have a physical element of the breath, um, which I think as a child, as a young person, it's kind of more natural anyway than as we get older. Yeah. And I, then I went from Christianity to Buddhism, like Zen style sitting um, which I taught myself from books because I was so burnt on like actual spiritual community at that point. Uh, I did that and then I moved, got into yoga and there's a lot of meditation there. And then I, you know, I've done some more like, I guess, um, maybe more of like tantric background types of meditation. And then moving into trance work where you actually you know, using the imagination and doing journeying and um, you know meeting energies or entities and um, yeah, so it kind of runs runs the gamut, and at this point, I kind of do a mix like all oh, i I try to do some kind of thing. You know, every day or most days. I also do a lot of, like, okay, I'm just walking. Like, I just do a meditative walk. Like, trying to actually integrate the meditation into, like, my day-to-day doing the dishes or whatever. And um, or just sitting and, like, zoning out and clearing my mind. Um, but, yeah, there
1: we go. Awesome. Thank you for that. It's good to know. Like. It's interesting how yours started in a very spiritual way and being in the church. And I was raised in a Lutheran church, and I definitely did not get that kind of um, education and behavior did not come through on my own. And I would say mine started mystery school, magic school. Oh my God, Claire, of course, you're talking about magic school again. Spiritual community, of course, and meditation was a part of it. I was given this book, and it was about Lao Tse Su, I think is the name, and about being in the calm of the storm. And that kind of behavior was a new concept to me of just finding a way to be peaceful and calm in the center of chaos. And of course, being on the DID spectrum, when I do meditate, I can go to a black void of nothingness. But if I'm going to meditate, I'd like to drop into my inner world and get some information about what's going on in my life. But that's because I've reached the point where going into stillness, I got the lesson. So for my first years, I really needed to have the lesson of just being in the darkness and in the quiet and the calm so that once... I was out in the world around a lot of noise, I could find that quiet and calm again. And that was really important to get that begin, beginning stage of meditation practice to take the internal world that's chaotic, find peace, and then be able to pair that with the outside world and find peace in unstable, scary, sometimes life-threatening situations.
2: Oh, that's a really beautiful I think a beautiful summary of meditation thanks,
0: yeah, totally like wiggle fingers, which mm-hmm. is the way we show each other agreement when we're not interrupting each other here yeah. <laughs> um, um yeah i so my kind of introduction to meditation i wasn't even it wasn't even really called meditation then though i I kind of heard the concept. Was uh, I too grew up in a Lutheran church and stopped going consistently um, when my parents separated. So I was probably about eight, and I it just it never fully resonated with me, even when I was even when I was young. Um, But I know when I when I started kidding my tween years, I started having this spiritual thirst and like wanting to search again. And um, you know, I'd gone to some Christian youth groups with friends, and those were kind of complicated experiences. And I still had that sense where, I like, I like getting together to talk about, you know, spirit and and like what is beyond individual self, and 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 all those conversations that happen in spiritual communities. But the format still wasn't really working for me. And my mom, being just the awesome, supportive mom that she was, um, you know, I was, was wanting to support me with that and was talking to her boss at the time who was practicing uh, Nichiren Shoshu, which is, uh, most people are probably familiar with the, not most people, if you've heard of them, they're familiar with uh, the Soka Gakkai. Um, they're like, it's a Japanese kind of mantra-based um, chanting practice, Namyoho renge is, is the chant that they use. And um, my kind of introduction, her boss told her, like, oh, why don't you guys watch um, What's Love Got to Do With It? which is a movie about the life of Tina Turner uh, played by Angela Bassett. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, highly suggested. Um, and I you know she really credits um, her... Uh, taking on this practice to really help her push through the abusive relationship she was in and uh, help herself self-actualize and that this, that the practice was a big tool. And so I, I did that pretty heavily, you know, probably from, let's see, like uh, 11 to, to 14 or so, 11 to 14, 15, and then started to see you know, had frustrations with spiritual community, like you're saying, Annika, and seeing people who are saying they're Buddhists, but, you know, not really acting like it, all this infighting between the priesthood and the lay organization, yada, yada. And, and I was also coming out to myself, so I, I, I kind of pulled, pulled away again and um, would still chant on my own some, but then was dealing much more with the social side of... Um, You know coming out to myself uh and then in um when i graduated yeah i got kind of deep into the social activist side and pulled away from spirit and then after i graduated from college i came back to it again and started getting heavily into martial arts and qigong and and so on and and through my martial arts practice really got into the concept of moving meditation and uh, and then even standing meditations, where instead of sitting, you're actually standing up and holding different postures. And what I was going to say to go back to um, uh, Nishun Shoshu and the mantra for me, we were saying how like basic meditation, focus on the breath and and relax. You know, observe. And there's many places to get into that observing mindset or to move beyond the thoughts as opposed to just letting go of the thoughts because I, I would argue you can't really do that. That doesn't exactly happen. We connect with spaciousness, but uh, you know, it's just part of just like we have a heart and we have a stomach. We have a mind that thinks thoughts. Um, a mantra was a nice way to kind of always bring my attention back to observant of uh, being observational and being in the present moment um, and so on and I also like that with the moving meditation because I'm a I've always been a wiggle worm and <laughs> like can't keep still um, so it was a way to kind of use my tendency to move um, as a way to access the meditative um, kind of mindset if you will
1: yeah. I love that you talk about that because I've always fe- felt that people talk about meditation as like this goal to have nothing in your mind. Like that is the goal of meditation. It feels like that's the narrative that's pushed. Uh, and when I was first starting meditating, I did candle watching practice where I would stare at a flame, um, you know, just a few feet away from me and try and stare at it as long as I could before I'd compulsively would look at the clock the mind works and the mind needs something to focus on and even if you're focusing on nothing you're focusing on something like the nothing is what you're focusing on but you are focusing and I think it's really good to have like nice kind images to stare at staring at a flame was really helpful to grow my focus is really important um part of my meditation practice that I wanted to personally work on because every two minutes I'd look at the clock and every two minutes a new thing would pop up in my brain or every 30 seconds or every 10 seconds and wanting to get to that space where I could just hold a single image for as long as I possibly could. And then, yeah, in time and weeks and months of practice, it grew and got to where I didn't have to use it anymore because I could focus my mind. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's not just about... Quieting the mind and quieting your inner worlds and your inner self. It is about narrowing focus to something, whether it is the nothingness, the void, or it is the picture of a flame in your mind, or it's a beautiful meadow or a fantastic vista looking over the ocean. Wherever you go, that helps you feel the calm in the storm.
2: Yeah, it's like quieting the mind is almost more like a result. not i mean yeah it's great if you can just say quiet your mind and then do it but it's more like yeah you just it's eliminating more and more shit from the mind which has the result of quieting it um i have a question i'm curious because i was recently like hearing about new research that keeps people like in habits like good habits or bad habits and part of it like a lot of times it's like especially in america it's like oh just buckle, you know just use your will or whatever the fuck to do a thing but like it turns out scientifically that we're all you know it's all about the like what do we get out of it that keeps us coming back and whether it be a good habit or a bad habit bad or good in quotation you know air quotes um and so i'm curious like in terms of starting a meditation practice do you two have things like the, what were the, like the early and then later, like, what are the results? What are the things that keep you coming back that you feel in yourself that's changed in yourself?
0: Um, so this, this comes back to some of our previous uh, podcast topics, but I do feel there's a sense of groundedness that I always get, regardless of the type of um, meditation that I'm doing, And regardless of the mindset I have before I start, at the end, I always feel at least somewhat and often greatly um, more centered, more grounded. And um, that makes everything else easier. (laughs) You know, it makes, you know, the the fight I'm having with... A friend or a partner or it makes the my fears about oh the state of the world anything it just makes it easier when i'm more centered more grounded and then our last uh topic i i always feel like my my intuition is better so like the when the more grounded and centered i am the better i am i i am uh able to like we said, kind of incorporate the totality of my awareness and get um, kind of the gestalt of that that totality and able to make decisions that sometimes don't always seem like they're coming directly from conscious thought. It's more a sense of of feeling. So there's an ease of decisions. There's a decisiveness. There's a, a sense of a natural knowing, like, oh, I should do this or I shouldn't do that right now um, or I need to tell share this thought with somebody or whatever. So th- that would be my, my answer for now.
1: <laughs> mm, I love that. Thank you. I say that the reason why I keep returning to meditation is that it offers an access to internal wisdom that's very similar to what Aaron's talking about, where if you're grounded and centered, intuition can speak a little bit more clearly and you can hear things a little bit better. I feel like with meditation it really gave me a tool to cut down the chatter. So, yeah, I really appreciated that cuz my brain was very full. Yeah,
2: that's great. I think I was going to say something that's kind of spans both of those like I I feel like the more I meditate, the better I understand myself. Like my true like core Self, um, yeah, and I think there's also a lot of physical benefits that over time I've experienced too. Just like my breathing, my diaphragm has relaxed, and I, you know, I do other practices on the physical side, but I think that the sitting meditation really complements that in terms of like rebalancing the nervous system too. So, thanks.
0: Yeah. Wow. So, so agree with um, what the two of you are saying. Um, yeah, deeply deep self about the knowledge of self and um kind of the as much as meditative meditation often seems like coming out of the body or in you know a lot of case our case dropping into it um they it feeds each other my physical practice and my meditative practice feeds they all they'll uh nourish each other so that okay. said we are at time for today and like always i always feel like oh we could talk more so yeah we'll uh we'll definitely have to come back to this one thank you both so much and with that i'm going to pass this on to the seeker segment thank you all
2: right thank you
1: Thank you so much, Erin and Anika. Once again, my name is Claire Alexander, and I'm going to be reading a letter today from one of our many seekers. Hello, web podcast. Thank you so much for your interesting, engaging, and professionally unique show. Oh, thanks. I deeply enjoy the topics of your, your meditations and the way that you focus on the positive. I'm an educator, and I have been working with elementary school kids for about a decade now. I deeply love the work and see how valuable it is to be in a position of influence and to be a positive influence on young people's lives. However, the past few years, I've had this deep urge to change careers and pursue the healing arts working with adults. When I think about this, my heart soars for the possibilities and it feels like it's calling to me. But I feel guilty at the thought of no longer working with children. Is this selfish? Would being a body worker and life coach be less impactful? Do you have any wisdom for me? Thank you so much. This comes from In Need of a Fresh Start in Fresno, California. Well, thank you so much, In Need of a Fresh Start. I totally feel you on this conundrum about what to do, whether it's helping kids or helping adults. I personally, in my professional career, help children and switched from helping adults into helping kids. So I kind of went the, op- the reverse that you did. And I have a lot of feelings about this. So I am going to pass on to Anika and Aaron and see if you have any words of wisdom for the one who are seeker who needs a fresh start.
2: Hmm. Well,
1: I would say, first of all, thank you so much for writing. And it
2: sounds like you're doing amazing work in your life. And thank you for that. Uh, it yeah I, I you know it sounds like your intuition is saying it's time to work with adults so that's I think really important to listen to I think you know, sometimes it's like oh working working with children you're those children grow up and you're making that impact that they'll appreciate their entire lives working with adults those adults are around children and they, you know, it's like, it's all a cycle. Like those adults are going to be better with their kids or, you know, their neighbor's kids. Like we all are in this, this web together. Um, And I think, you know, if you are feeling called to a certain segment of the population, like that's awesome. Um, And yeah. And I also kind of go back and forth on this and I've come to a place where I I right now I'm focusing my work on adults. I would love to like widen that out to like also include, yeah, more like college age folks. But I also once a week for an hour and a half work with kids. Um, yeah. You know, I help out somebody else's class I'm doing martial arts with really young kids. And so I think there's ways to like, even if you move focus professionally on, Adults for now, like you could potentially keep your kid energy
1: um, flowing as a side you know side thing. Awesome. Yeah. I completely agree, Annika. We are all on this web together, and helping adults means they'll help other people. It's a really great point. Aaron, did you have something to say?
0: Um, I just real quick, I, I would just say that I, I, um, I feel I feel the same way and and personally have a very similar. Um experience to this uh, writer i've I've kind of um, I've had this oscillation between working with kids and working with adults, you know, my entire you know adult life and even like that that late teen, early adult years I used to work at the daycare that I went to. And then I did HIV prevention for a while, and then I studied agriculture. I'm I'm a very I have a lot of interest if people haven't grokked that at this point. And yeah, I I tend to take that both and perspective in that, like I feel that um, yes, there are unique um, benefits that come from focusing on a particular community, and just that the yeah the power of focusing and uh it in order for us to heal and and balance and evolve you know as humans and as a planet even um there are many there are many fronts right you know to use a somewhat uh (laughs) warlike reference point but i but there's there's lots of lots of things to work on they all need to be worked on and if you know uh our dear listener in Fresno, if you're, if you're not feeling that deep call anymore to do the work that you've been doing, which I have no doubt has been invaluable and has come from the heart, just from the way that you're talking about it, um, it's important to not burn out. Um, because when you burn out, you're not being good to yourself. And how can you be good to these kids if you're in a burnout space? Right. And if you're feeling called to do this work with grownups now, like I would say it's, it's time to listen to that and at least begin to incorporate that adult work before, you know, letting go of everything altogether. Or if your intuition is like, yo, make the jump and you have the resources to manage that, um, you know, the instable, unstable, unstable uh, liminal space between those two, you know, do it. Because if, if your heart's there and your energy is there, that's going to show up in the work that you're doing and make it that much more effective. Um, and uh, if you feel like doing both, like Annika was saying, there's ways to do that as well. So, So, yeah, thank you. And I really wish you the best out there in Fresno.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, thanks, Aaron, for mentioning burnout. that I think is a really important point.
1: Absolutely.. And also really important to remember that you can only uh, at least uh, that you can easily return to working with kids if 10 years from now you don't work with adults anymore. Like leaving working with children now does not mean you'll never not work with kids again. Like the uh, recognition and adaptability and flexibility of your life, Um, will mean that I I believe you will continue to help people regardless of the age. And this week as Master of Divination, I did pull a card, and two came out. Uh, One is the Prince of Pentacles. I use the deck called the Tarot Illuminati. It's a very fun, interesting, weird deck. Uh, And the Prince of Pentacles was reversed. And it sounds like when I read the little story that comes with Real quick plug for this tarot deck. Um, The cards come with stories that are really fun and personalized. So the Prince of Pentacles is all about like, yeah, I'm going to make sure that I don't rush in headfirst and know exactly what I'm doing. I'm going to be slow and steady. But I'm not getting that because, dear Seeker, you sound very tapped in. Like, you know, this is what you want to do. This is great. And you're ready for it. And then the next card I pulled was the judgment card, also reversed, because I, as us three could hear in your words, that you are feeling perhaps a little bit unsure of that soul's call to action, because it is so strong and so powerful within you that you do, that you feel doubt about leaving, that you feel like you're giving up on these kids, or you're being selfish, um, just by chasing after what now for your life and your person personal path is your purpose so embrace it embrace your soul's call to action embrace the fact that you have knowledge and confidence in yourself to feel what is true for you and trust yourself a little bit more so dear seeker in need of a fresh start in fresno i hope that some of our words were helpful for you today and in your decision-making, and maybe feeling less selfish and more inspired. Mm-hmm. And now I will pass along the baton onto our gratitude segments. Thank you so much, Annika and Erin. Thank you so much, In Need of a Fresh Start, for your vulnerability and honesty with us and being open to our advice. So thank you. Thank yes. you. Thanks for that, that divination. Those were great cards.
2: Okay, hey, I'm Annika once again, and I will be leading our gratitude section today. And so, in this part of the show, we give a shout out to someone, group, entity, creature that's making a positive impact on the world. And in today's show, I'm going to give a shout out to a couple of television shows because it is the winter. And so I am watching TV and these shows are both British and I'm kind of watching them simultaneously. And I just noticed how like there's an interesting corollary between the two that I really appreciate. Um, So the first one is the show sex education that the second season just launched on Netflix. It's a lovely, lovely show about teens and sex and all kinds of relationships. And the thing that I that really stands out about this show that I don't recall ever seeing, especially in like a comedy um, type of media, is these characters like as teens do and adults do and everyone does, they like fuck up kind of a lot and they do shitty things to each other and they say things that aren't cool. Uh, And in sex education, they also apologize to each other. So over and over you see characters apologizing, like saying, I'm sorry. I know I fucked up. I know that hurt you. Like In the second season, I think almost every single main character apologizes at least once, if not multiple times. And towards the end of the season, it actually becomes like taking accountability and how important that is, is actually called out as like a kind of a specific plot point. Uh, And so, yeah, I just love that. And I really appreciate that, you know, the writers and the actors and directors of this show like chose to show high quality apologies on a lot. You know, they're not all like they have some bullshit apologies, but like they're really the have modeling that genuine, like, I'm sorry. That was shit. And, um, and I just think that's so important and beautiful. And the, the thing that happens when people apologize is that they repair relationships that would otherwise be broken, be ended. And so I also love how it shows that even if things get bad and look like they're going to be destroyed between two people, like those things can be repaired and it's hard. It's not easy. It takes addressing things that were very difficult head on. Like you can't just ignore that it happened. It's like you kind of, if to repair a relationship requires having hard conversations and yeah, I just, I just love that um, seeing that. And then the other show I've been watching is the repair shop, which is also a British show on Netflix. That is a, reality show where they've pulled together all of the best restorers in different, um, you know, like woodworking, ceramics, metalworking. So these super amazing crafts people and they restore people's precious items. So like, doesn't have to be money value items, but like emotionally precious heirloom type things that have a story and a and a value and the whole purpose of the show is to show that our that physical items can be repaired and how that's done and they're consciously trying to show a different um take on the world than our throwaway culture that's become so dominant and so i mean they people bring in stuff that's like shattered and in pieces or like the dog ate half of it and it looks terrible. And these artisan craftsmen just take it. And what they usually do is they pick it all apart. So it's like even in more pieces and then they figure out what pieces they need to replace. They make new pieces, they repair pieces and then they put things all back together. And it's mind blowing to me. I like, I mean, I'm kind of a nerd that way, so like, I can't get enough of it. It's like ASMR, uh, but also, I feel like it. It also shows that it's very difficult to repair things, but it can be done. And and it's similar in terms of relationships. You kind of have to like go in and like almost make it worse. It feels like it has to get harder before it gets better. Sometimes, like the same thing as like the process of apologizing. Like you have to really look at. The things that you did that you would rather not, um, like head on. Um, so anyway, I just wanted to um, call out a thank you to these two um, pieces of TV art and the people that uh, made them happen, and then also just really a, you know shout out and gratitude towards everyone who takes the time and the care to, um, to repair, repair relationships, repair their, their physical, physical things in the world. Um, yeah, just that, that work that, that we can do so that things don't, don't get thrown away when they don't need to be. Uh, it's a lot of energy and resources and time are wasted when we just like toss things away, whether it be people or things or, you know, even living, other living creatures in this world. Like, yeah, it could go on and on, but it's like there's there's a way to repair so many things that we may think are beyond hope. Uh, so I want to send out some hope to people. Like, take another look at that thing that you might have given up on. Look at it a different way. Maybe maybe ask for help. Um, yeah, it takes courage. It takes time and can be very worth it. Uh, so with that, I'm going to move into our meditation uh, wherever you're at. Ground into the earth. If you can sit, awesome. If not, no problem. Take a deep inhale and then a long, relaxed exhale. And again, inhaling and exhale out everything, just letting it flow. Now just moving into a natural flow of the breath, checking in with your body, drawing your attention to anywhere you feel stiffness or even any pain. Um, You may notice in the background of this audio, there's a dog snoring let that also be calming and relaxing. So as you check in with your body, drawing your awareness to some place that might feel tighter than other areas and sending your breath there. Our bodies are one of those physical objects that can be repaired even when we've given up hope. The ability of the physical body to heal is astounding. And a lot of times we get used to living with pain and discomfort. It's just like, you know, it becomes chronic and it's there and it seems impossible to fix. And right now, anywhere where you feel pain, breathe into those areas and tell yourself, it's okay, we can heal from this we can feel better. This doesn't have to be how it is always. Repair can happen. Growth happens. One of the first steps is turning your attention to what is actually broken. what needs love. Another breath in. Exhaling all of that out. Focus on something you would like to repair, whether it be an object, a relationship, a situation. And again, breathing in, and exhaling out an affirmation of hope and growth that these things too may be healed with care and attention. And it may not be that they return to how they were. That's almost never the case. I hope that they can be better and healthier than they are today. Checking back in with your body. Using your breath to communicate to any sore or hurting parts of ourselves. And with that breath, saying, I see you, I know that you're hurting. And it's okay. I won't give up on you. Now, starting at your toes, give them a bit of a wiggle. The fingers. Move as well. Coming back into this conversation together.
0: Wow! thank you, Annika. That was beautiful.
1: Absolutely. Thank you for saying those things. I needed to hear them. Mm-mm. I think we all do.
0: I'm really i'm really touched by the um yeah your the way you articulated the you know the whole assertion that like we're not disposable, i'm not disposable um i'm not giving up on you yeah just 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 saying that like it it for me it's 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 a very um powerful and uh, deeply healing thing. I feel something inside me like soften and uh, ground out and trust more which is, yeah, thank you.
1: (laughs) Mm -hmm. It's um, particularly difficult for me to hear it today because of some loss that I um, some news that I recently got literally just before we recorded this Um, and my ruminating on how you know, there was conflict and this person who has passed, I didn't have a chance to really settle that conflict. And I am always really grateful when media, which is so easily consumable, brings along lessons that we all need to hear and information that we all need to hear. Like the movie Inside Out changed the landscape of education for the ability for humans to understand how to talk about their feelings Mm -hmm. and it's helped children understand how to talk about their feelings and for these shows to be geared towards the young who are starting to understand and also question who they are and be given the tools and the language to navigate these human conditions I'm really grateful that they exist and I'm grateful to you Annika for shouting it out and I'm grateful that we live in a time in the world when we can have these things on tv and they aren't censored heavily and shut down and that it's full of representation of accountability and the exploration of self and hopefully giving kids better tools than we got um on how to deal with conflict and hardships within close-knit communities and close friend connections so thank you again Hmm. Yeah.
2: Hmm. All right. Okay. Well, with that, uh, we'll bring an end to the main part of the show. Yeah, I feel like yeah, this this uh, made me a little emotional, and um, yeah. So thank you both for sharing today. It was. Lovely, as always, to share this time. And uh, I will move along to our outro. Um, So first of all, um, we are... The web podcast, uh, dot com is our website, which is a bit under construction, but where you can listen to episodes. And you can also reach us and any of us at any time at the web podcast at Gmail. Where if you would like to submit a seeker segment, you can do so there, either in an audio clip or written. Um, we love to hear from you. Any comments, suggestions, feedback, whatnot. Um, and also, if you are an iTunes type of person, if you want to give us some stars and a review on iTunes, I guess that really helps with other people being able to find the show, which is currently kind of complicated. Uh, so I'm Annika. What I'm up to is I do a somatic release practices, um, working with people on practices that help to free the body and rebalance the nervous system from uh, the toll that stress and trauma takes on all of us. Uh, so yeah, I also do martial arts conditioning and yoga that goes along with that. Uh, and I also offer tarot readings. Should you ever want a tarot reading? Uh, yeah. I'm in Oakland and I also do zoom sessions. If you're located somewhere else so yeah you can reach me at our web podcast gmail or i'm on uh, my website is goldnettle.com
0: awesome thank you annika my name is aaron martin i am located in los angeles and uh, this uh, health and wellness consultation work i do is focused on creating prescriptive programs to help people create a a practice of positive embodiment and uh and mindfulness i do yoga fitness uh, martial arts mindfulness and like body work and uh, in my work with people i we can focus on one of those things or um, ideally create kind of a whole suite of practices um i i too um do work online so if you're interested in working with me and we don't live in the same town uh, we can connect via skype um, or ring and um, you can uh, find me at Aaron at unify dot and that has two y's in it looks kind of like unify yogi carts made that joke before. My website is uh, www.unifyyogicarts.com. And my Instagram is Aaron J. Martin, A-A-R-O-N-J-M-A-R-T-I-N, all lowercase, all one word on Instagram. Um, So yeah, please reach out. I'd love to hear from you. Thank you.
1: Hello again. My name is Claire Alexander and I live in Portland, Oregon. And today, instead of plugging myself, I want to dedicate this podcast to my friend, Willow, who I have lost very suddenly and who I will miss forever. And the world has lost a truly beautiful human. And that's who I want to think about and end on is... Yeah yeah this is for you willow i'll see you next incarnation around i hope yeah thank you claire um
2: i'm sorry for your loss and the world's loss and rest in power
1: what is remembered lives right yes (laughs) she will live with me forever another person who has left the world when i didn't get a chance to Make things better and heal some stuff, so it's a tough one. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. Mm. She's a great lady. Great gal. Oh. Mm. So thank you for allowing me to give this dedication to her. I really appreciate it.
0: Thank you for sharing. Yes. And being honest and vulnerable, and mm-hmm. um, remembering your friend, and um, reminding us, reminding me of just the preciousness of, of life. And um, yeah, yeah,
2: yeah.
0: I'm so sorry for your loss, and so. uh, please rest in power, Willow.
1: Yeah, it's been a it's been a tough winter, you guys. I lost my second mom back in December and then one of the kids I watched his dad died like right before Christmas and helping someone who's on the autistic spectrum go through grief is powerful and insane and intense and I've just been keeping grief on the fringes and trying not to think about it and I think I've had a straw break the camel's back kind of moment with this one and i'm really hoping that death gate shuts i would like this to be the end i wouldn't want anyone else to die until next winter (laughs) i'd really appreciate not processing insane amount of grief Mm -hmm. um over and over and over again i'd really appreciate that Um, but also life is about processing grief so
2: yeah well i wish i was closer to portland to give you a hug I feel your
1: hug from a long ways away. Okay, good. I remember our last hug together in California when we went on our winter solstice trip together and our little try hug. Oh Yeah. And our try (laughs) breathe in check-ins that we did with Uh, connecting. I just remember I'll remember those
0: moments.
1: And feel you guys again.
0: Mm.
1: Yeah. Thanks guys. Thank you. Thank
0: you so much. So much
1: everything yeah
2: mm. all right well mm.
1: yeah feel free to cut some of that it's, stuff it's
2: a lot oh, it's a lot today we'll uh yeah we'll close out this episode and uh love you both